Welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Blix. And this is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of exploring strange new worlds and finding out things you never even thought to ask the questions about. We're going to go back to our Facebook and TriTac Gamers and a lot of other places where people have been giving us questions, and some of them which we've answered on those forums, but we want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Do you want to go on to the next question? Yep. yep. I'll take this next one. It's from Sentry Gun. This is from the forums. What types of resources had IDET placed on the Prime platform? After the initial mapping of the path and discovery of the other rings to Earth, what type of installation or resources are left on the platform? How would one go about securing a platform and rings from other agencies in the same world? I would imagine that the platform would become an elaborate staging and experimentation area. Use anything on the platform being like a Checkpoint Charlie. Okay, John, first of all, what's a Checkpoint Charlie? I was in Berlin when there was West and East Berlin. Checkpoint Charlie was the place you went through to go to East Berlin. It also refers to the road that you could drive from West Germany through East Germany to Berlin. And that's just Checkpoint C, right? Yeah, Checkpoint C, Checkpoint Charlie, yeah. I got it. You definitely have two, you know, in this case, we're assuming the ASA and Eunice and the UNIDA would be sharing the same platform at that point. Therefore, you'd have to have your own people on that platform 24-7. Yes, you would, because as soon as you come through that 50-foot warp onto Earth Prime's platform, oh, you are going to have all sorts of weaponry on that platform. And because it is the home to both IDET and the ASA, these aren't going to be just guys with them 16s You're going to have gun emplacements pointed at that warp. Okay, not at the warp, because that 50-foot warp will fire back. You can actually can solve that by putting cutouts on your turrets so that the guns actually can't aim at the, at the rings. Or have them positioned where they're not going to fire at the portal, the bullets, if they yeah. just go off into the space. But still, yeah. yeah, you're going to have a lot of checkpoints and counter-checkpoints and gun emplacements and armed soldiers there at all times. As soon as you pass through that 50-foot portal, boom, it's like, hey, I'm here! And just, it's going to be hundreds of various weapons pointed at you, or at least that intent to be like, okay, who are you? Where are you going? What do you want to do? Why are you here? And yeah, yeah. I, I see gun bunkers and yeah. boxes. and Well, in this like, case, probably pre-made. And what, well, the thing is, the prime platform is the last gas. You would also have some sort of fire base, is the only way to describe it, on the alt platform, because there you have two-way, tra- you have traffic from th- four different directions. Yeah, that one would be all built up, too, yeah. It'd be a fire base, and then uh, when in my game world, at the plus 10 and minus 10, were two more fire bases, just to handle traffic coming down there, so you would have to go through those fire bases. So there was at least some way to keep people from 
piling onto it. They would take losses on all the way to Earth Prime. Oh yeah, if you were going to Earth Prime, well, first of all, if you made it through those fire bases at positive and negative 10, those people who are falling back had better get to the alt platform at Earth Prime's alt platform to say, we've got company coming and, you know, they, they whooped us real bad. That alt platform would have to be the last stand. And by this time, we would learn the, the pirate trick. So the first thing you do is everyone lashes himself together, and some guy runs out with a long cable and throws it through the portal. <laughs> well, there's there's also uh, yeah, right. there's also um, the the trick we talked about as well, having like a a balloon of sorts, mm-hmm. that a black balloon floating above the platform but tethered to it, and. Um, Guys in black outfits that could drop grenades down onto people on the platform. What if you had guys waiting on the other side of the, uh, on the underside of the platform? I mean, the platform, how thick is it? Was it four foot? Four foot. Okay, so four foot. You can stand on the other side of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what if you had like a whole troop of guys on the underside of it that were stationed that's, and they hung out under there and, you know, you'd have your sentries. Up top, you'd only have a couple of them, and somebody, you know, guys would come through, and as soon as a firefight broke out, they would hear the gunfire, and you'd have guys pouring over the sides of the platform from all directions. Yeah. It's like this big surprise attack. I mean, and maybe maybe that wouldn't be something that IDET would do, but I could see it as a tactic that maybe pirates might use. Oh, the ASA, if they were to get their hands on a crystal key, which even in the early campaign, the ASA would get their hands on a crystal key. By hook or by crook, they'd either find it or they'd have an ASA spy get it from IDET. Oh, no, I see the ASA doing that dirty trick right off the bat. The trouble is, you really can't do your fire bases until you get enough fringe-worthy. So in the early years, there's nothing on the platforms. Everything is on Earth Prime waiting for them to come through. And as Bruce points out, pointed out before, cannons fire through the portal just fine. French pirates can easily bombard any defenses you have on the other side. So in the early years, until you get enough people and not every one of them is going to be IDET, you start getting your, your security forces at that point. I would probably say maybe late, early, early, middle is when you'd have these fire bases started up. About 50, I also figure when you get at least 50 fringe-worthy. At that point, you have enough people, maybe they at least have sentries on there. Or at least a, ba- a bare-bones fire base on the pine platform. That's why the capper of my early campaign was the fringe pirates were literally rolling up to the gate uh, in their big, huge battle wagons and just shelling right through the uh, fringe portal into Hatsumi Base. And it was only by a combined effort of the other fringe-enabled uh, worlds to beat them off of the platform was why you know the Earth Prime was able to get back control of its own platform. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that, I think that gets that. The Bruce Reed, he hasn't read Bruce, one yet. Yeah, That's Bruce. True. Yeah, hey, Bruce. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Can the undead pass through a portal or warp? They're no more alive than a car or a rifle that a fridge-worthy is carrying. Uh, my answer to that would be um, yes. And if they're intelligent, then they could be fringe-worthy themselves. If they're not intelligent, then they're an object. I agree. They're an object that can be sent through. According to fringe lore, zombies from the Bureau 13 world are universally fringe-worthy, at least the ones that are like the Dawn of the Dead zombies, and they can just wander right through a portal. 
this was, of course, done before we put some rules down saying that anything that was not a, a fringeworthy person had to be carried through by a fringeworthy person. This was back in the days when anything could pretty much go through a portal that wanted to go through a portal. We had dinosaurs wandering in and all kinds of stuff. So maybe today that wouldn't actually be true. But yeah, as long as they're not intelligent, like uh, they're no or no more intelligent than an animal, there's no reason why a fringeworthy person couldn't bring them through. If they are intelligent, I think they fall under the same rules which every other intelligent species is, which is you're either fringeworthy or you're not. Uh, Bruce, I agree. I totally agree with that because we're going to be doing Bureau 13, Savage World's going to be another update on that. Right. We've talked about adding to that the capability of being able to play monsters, and some of those monsters are going to be undead. I mean, undead's a big category. Uh, vampires can be considered as undead. Zombies can be considered as undead. Ghouls, maybe, depending on the types of ghouls you're talking about. Undead's a big category. Undead could be your character. So it could be very intelligent, just as intelligent as much of a person as anyone else. Right. So I'm going to say it depends on your campaign. Uh, mm -hmm. And it depends on what the node allows. Because as we've stated before, nodes carry certain properties with them. So if a node allows for undead creatures to exist then maybe that zombie can pass through the portals on that node, but maybe not on another. Not all zombies are dead. Some right. zombies are diseased. You have a zombie, he's fringeworthy, and this is his first time going through the portal, and he's a diseased version of a zombie. Is he cured? Well, that's, that's a different question altogether, but he can be, sure. It depends on the disease, right? As long as it's not a parasite and it's a... Uh, what a pathogen, right? Bacterium. Yeah, since you're a virus, yeah, yeah. Right, but if it's if it's a say a zombie causing fungus, which is a parasite, then uh, guess what? You're stuck. It's still a zombie, yeah. Yeah. The same question comes with vampirism too. If you're a vampire, but you're, it's the disease version of vampirism. You get cured, but I would say, yeah, you get cured, but you still get the really sharp. Pointy teeth because they grew out and they're not going away. Well, maybe, but I mean that's but that's a different question because yeah. we're talking about undead on the French path. So, if you're a diseased vampire and you step through the portal, of course this, it doesn't apply to the question because you're not undead. But if you're an undead vampire, I think in every story that I've ever read or seen or any kind of treatment of um, undead vampires, they're intelligent. They, they would definitely have the, the rights of being fringeworthy or not the same as a human. You're not entirely correct there, Blix, because vampire can have vampire spawn. Oh, God. Okay. All right. There's a real question about whether those are intelligent. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. And then, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like in Blade, then you have all these different versions of vamp third generation whatever if you are undead you're you're perfectly good on the node that supports if it's especially if it's supernatural undead that supports you as soon as you right. get off you're dead no you have about 18 hours until you're dead we gave a, a grace time yeah you but got 18 hours before you die yeah it's actually game master call of course but I think the rule that the, that game masters and players should should abide by you know the basic you know if you're looking for a, a ground rule is that uh, if if it's a character level type thing, if it's an intelligent, if it's something that could be played as a character, maybe nobody's playing one as one, but if it could be played as a character, I really think it should fall into the same French really rules as everybody else. Uh, but if you're talking about mindless zombies like you know like The Walking Dead, um, I'm gonna say my call is gonna be they're an object like a dog or something. I agree. Yeah. yeah. 
Vampire Spawn would also probably fall into that category. Now right. you can bring in a whole slew of zombies in of that, that kind just by one of them grabbing a hold of you and the rest grabbing a hold of him. You basically, as we pointed out, that imports Fringeworthy to the whole conga line. Hey, that is a dangerous game. The fringe portal is only pulling you at one sixteenth of an inch per second. They could walk on their own through faster. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to have the necromancer standing real close to the portal and just doing a hand you through, hand you through, hand you through. <laughs> or you're wearing full body chain mail that, that covers every inch of your skin. Oh, it depends whether that spit is is infected, infection, sure. infectious yeah. or not. Yeah. Right, but but you're right, John. If they all held hands, mm-hmm. you'd only have to, the, the the necromancer would only have to push the first one through, and the rest of them could just keep on going. Oh, wait a minute! I can hear it now. Dun 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 brains. Dun 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 brains. Brains, 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 brains. 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 Okay. Anyway, brains. all right, let's. Uh, all right, stop. so all right, okay, so uh, have we answered? Let's see. The next one was kind of vampire. No, no, no. We, we, we've already answered part of this. Yeah. So let's let's go to the part where he says, okay, now you're a fringeworthy character. You've got a fringeworthy character. He's killed and vampirized. Is he still fringeworthy? Yes. I don't know. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, wait. So you, you – okay. So it's your character and you were fringeworthy. Yes. And you're turned into a vampire. Yes. Yes. My call as a game master, you're still fringeworthy. I would say by the means of the vampirism. Bureau 13 world. I made Colonel Shea Talbot the liaison between IDET and Bureau 13. Fine. She has a Frenchworthy agent. Comes to the positive 13 prime. Gets killed and turned into a vampire by your typical bite you on the neck three days later you come back as a vampire. Right. That's due to magic? Hmm. Now, if it were like a vampiric disease... Remember on Vera 13, all stories are possible. Yeah, so it would depend. <laughs> that GM call by nature of the vampirism. My take on this, I don't care how you do it, unless you guys can think of some way to convince me, if it was a fringeworthy person before and they get vampirized, they're a fringeworthy person afterwards. Well, most of the legends about... Uh, at least European style vampires. I'm not going to deal with Asian vampires. Yeah, with the head removing and the whatever. Oh, whatever yeah. Yeah. yeah, or the hopping it's, vampire. Yeah, it's Let's usually not. a voluntary thing. The plague style vampirism is only a recent creation. For the most part, the vampire would just drain your blood and you're dead. You'd have to want to become a vampire, which means you want to become one of the damned. Which means that that's a change in your mental and. Uh, many things. I was. I, I would actually wage say no, because wanting and becoming and going through the transformation, you're a different person now. You're no longer fringeworthy because you've gone through this entire process of wanting to become a vampire and becoming one of the damned. Well, this is really more of a gameplay question. I think that's where Flix is going with this, which is that you don't want to take somebody's character and say, "Oh, guess what? You can't be, you can't play in this game anymore because you can't go through the portal anymore." Yeah, I think this is GM fiat in this case. Yeah. It depends yeah. on the the cure, and it depends on keeping the character around. Yeah. Now, if you wanted to nerf some NPC fringe worthy, well, that's a different story now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Ultimately, we come down to that very undefined, intentionally fringeworthiness, which is an energy signature, whatever that means. And, you know, so therefore, we don't know whether uh, it can be conferred to something that is undead. 
if it's part of your mental state, then you know, then it you know, or your mind, your soul, whatever, then yeah, it, it, there's no reason why as long as you still had one, you couldn't you know you couldn't still be mm-hmm. fringeworthy. And as John, you already mentioned, if you've got any kind of a viral condition that turns you into a vampire, well, there's no reason why that would change your fringeworthiness. And any no other disease changes your fringeworthiness. Yep. You know, the, the, we haven't yet had a story where someone caught, came, went to a world, got the bubonic plague, turned around, ran for the portal, and went, oh, this in this world, the bubonic plague erases your fringeworthiness. Those players would lynch that GM. Yeah. And if it's <laughs> yeah. curable, it gets cured. So yeah. you're a vampire while, you know, while you're infected. Once you get cured, you're no longer a vampire. But I would still say any physical effects that happen during when you became a vampire may still be there. It may take years for them to wear off. Like the, the fangs and stuff like that may still stick around. Pale skin, the red eyes, yeah. It's also possible that it, that the portal won't cure your vampirism because your vampirism has so altered you that the removal of your vampirism would kill you. I'm putting I'm putting air quotes up here since you're already undead. Then the portal is not going to remove that because it recognizes the fact that it's essential to your life. And of course, the viral kind lets you visit other places and not drop dead. Which leads us into the next question. Yeah, speaking of undead fringeworthy characters, are they doomed to stay on the fringe paths and return only to the dimension where unlife is possible? Yeah. If they return to Hatsumi Base, do they just drop dead stepping through the portal as the undead are not a quote-unquote reality for Earth Prime? Well, undead as we know it, the magic-based reanimated corpses of various types, vampires, gas ghouls, mummies, whatever, yeah, because magic in and of itself does not work on Earth Prime, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, they would clatter, a skeleton would clatter into a pile of bones there as soon as they got well, on Yeah, we've already answered that question, that the fringe system creates a bubble reality around you that keeps you alive for a period of time, enough time for you to realize that you're in a place that's inimical to your very existence. Yeah, right. okay. So realistically, that is is really a uh, a plot device that we're using so that the game master doesn't have to kill off a character. It gives a chance for you to, if you're playing a character like that, to give you a chance to get back to your world and, and not have your character killed off. But it does offer some rather amazing tactical opportunities. If you could transport some of these creatures, let's say uh, a fire elemental, okay, or, or right. a dragon or something like that, from one platform to another quickly enough for them to get over there do their business and then take them back so they don't die. Right. You could be able to do some amazing things that wouldn't normally be possible. And I have one answer for that, Bruce. Fringe train. Oh my God. <laughs> John. Oh, you get a necromancer, gets a, a horde of zombies, dumps them on the fringe train, dumps them into another world. They get their job done. And as soon as the time limit runs out, all these zombies drop dead. Again. They drop into like <laughs> corpses and oh man it's beautiful <laughs> beautiful it's hideously beautiful <laughs> i like it the, the, don't think yeah. that the meller don't know about it yeah. and don't think that there aren't french pirates out there who haven't thought about this strategy oh because sometimes you know you think the meller are dangerous you know we've been we've been writing a treatment on the french pirates for the savage world there are some french pirate groups out there who could be quite a challenge yeah and speaking of meller i'm wondering 
depending on the form on, on the form of undead or form uh, we talked about earlier uh actually we did talk about this about what happens if you have a meller who encounters a werewolf does he become a were-meller and we said it depends on whether or not the werewolfism was actually like a disease or a curse yeah if it was a curse then he could if it was disease, he couldn't because we say that they're immune to all disease. Surely vampirism wouldn't work because the vampire take one bite of a meller and he would realize this is not a person. This isn't blood. Yeah. <laughs> what is this stuff? This white stuff. What is this? No. Vampires are, are your, vampires are your best way to find yeah. Miller. Oh, uh, okay, John. <laughs> they take one bite and they go, ah, what, yeah. Yeah, what are the odds, though? Yeah, but then you got all these vampires running around, right? <laughs> well, the vampire lasts all three seconds because then the Miller just rips the, pe- rips the pieces. Yeah. Right. Depends. Oh, are we talking about a. Uh, yeah, I would like to see that. Vampire yeah. versus Meller, you know, throwdowns. Yeah. Oh, God, Bruce, that battle would rock on toast. We should consider doing that for a, a con demo. Oh. Are we talking white wolf vampire? Because we're talking white wolf vampire, man. That could be a fight. Oh, no, we're talking oh. good old-fashioned Delacula. No, I mean, let's, say, well, let's try all kinds of different ones. Yeah. Let's save it for Bureau 13 Savage Worlds, and <laughs> we'll do that maybe next year. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Big vampire Meller throwdown. Yeah. So, of course, the Miller grabs hold of the vampire, grabs his DNA, realizes your DNA is worthless. It's, it's, it's old. And by that time, the werewolf is tearing him to bits. Yeah. The Frankenstein monster is pounding the other Meller into something resembling a wet prune. <laughs> right. And, and that and that Meller's trying to absorb him going, I don't even know what this is. What it, is this? A, it would be, yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster is basically a flesh golem. So, yeah, it would be it would have no effect. Right. He'd be like, I'm trying to absorb it. <laughs> I got I got both hands and they are different. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's like, I don't get it. I'm confused. <laughs> then the, the 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 golem would just be like you know pounding on him. Never, 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 and just it, <laughs> the Meller would have to real um, their own internal capabilities to survive. Okay, let's try to get in the one last question here. Okay, for Paul Nunez, I can read this one. Pocket worlds or pokey walls? Is this fairly common or irregular? Are pocket worlds normally really skewed physical laws of the universe, or just at the limits, aka the edges? Do pocket worlds normally function around a theme such as Junk World? Are pocket worlds always large open spaces such as Junk World or Olympus Mons? Are any totally enclosed such as a hive city or cave system? Do pocket worlds open only onto a platform or is there sometimes a portal leading to an alt inside? There's a lot of questions there. And for those who are not familiar, Olympus Mons is the pocket stop for Victorian Prime. It's basically a large... 100 miles across, and there's this mountain that just goes up, you know, in the middle. This enormous mountain. And that's pretty much it. And it doesn't collect junk like Junk World does. All right. So so let's let's talk about Pocky Worlds. All right. So Pocky Worlds, fairly common or regular? I'm going to say in the grand scheme of things, I like them to be fairly common. But, but what do you guys think? Well, I did the – I crunched the numbers. You have a one in one hundred thirty-three chance of rolling up a pocket world when you're creating when you if you're randomly creating worlds. Well, but what about the portals books? Because I don't have those. There's not that many of them that have pocket worlds. No. All right, no. so irregular. So we're gonna say irregular. Yeah. Hmm. Well, remember it said that the problem portals it was due to a decimal point being off. I would think the pocket walls are the same thing. 
it's due to some just decimal point being off or a number being different in the giant algorithm that Blix refers to for making the fringe portals in the various universes. That's where they divide by zero. Yeah, just it, <laughs> I, I would say that there once in a great while some part of the equation was a right and, and it ends up being a pocket world. Yeah. So irregular. So, that, so irregular. Alright, hmm. so then it says um, are they normally really skewed physical? No. I think they are normally normal for physical laws it's just the only physical law that isn't real is the fact that they're in encased in this bubble yeah i mean like the junk world which is the earth prime uh pocket world it's a uh, planet basically 40 miles across has one geogravity and the horizon's like about 100 feet away so everything just curves away it's like being on the little prince's planet right i mean it's really it, tiny I mean, granted, you're breaking a lot of physics laws, but for the purpose of gameplay, there are no physics laws really broken all that much. I mean, for the most part, nothing that affects the player. Yeah. Yeah, other places like uh, when I ran the uh, Olympus Mons, there's a wall around the edge, but you can climb on top of it. And if you go across it, you come down on the other side, of the opposite side of uh, Olympus Mons. But but other yeah. than that, the physics are the same, right? It feels like you have yeah. gravity. It feels like you have inertia. It feels like, yeah. you know, all the other laws that you would need to survive in a universe. Yep. And if you stand just right, you can put your nose right on the dividing line between one side and the other. You can see the wall curve away in both – curve away to the left on your left and curve away to the right on your right. So it's basically <laughs> uh, like playing Portal. Yeah, like playing Portal. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like the one he says, are they totally enclosed such as a hive city or, or a cave system? I mean, basically, is Junk World the template? No, they can be whatever they want. If you want to step through and you're in a cave and you got to follow all these caves and ca you know caverns and this, like a dungeon, then you find out it's a pocket world. That's what it is. Right. Yeah, it can be anything. It could be you could mm -hmm. step into it and you can be inside. It seems like you're inside of a building. Mm -hmm. And it's a building that has no exit. So no matter where you go, you'll feel like you're in a building. It could be you're on the outside of a planet. Or it could be you're on the inside of a planet. Or it could be um, – Or like you said, inside a building. And, you look at, and when you look up at a window, you see a different scene. Right. You can't, you can't open the windows up because nothing you have will break, it, will break them open. But you can look out a window and see someplace else. Because it's not really a window. Yeah. Right. Or, or maybe it is, but it's not a window as you conceive it as a window. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but pocket, pocket worlds, are, pocket are, worlds are kind of a – they're kind of a uh, really like a plot element, right, John? I mean, yeah. guys, whatever. They're, they're what you need them to be. That's yeah, what they I, are. I think it is, does mention, though, in the write-up, it does mention that they tend to collect junk. So your default, you know, baseline uh, Pokewall – will collect junk from somewhere. We're not right. sure where. I mean, they found, you know, if you read the, the little story at the beginning of the uh, D20 book, they find a Coca-Cola bottle with Mayan glyphs on it. Right. Figure yeah. that one out. And also, you don't have to fill them up with junk. Because like, I can I, I see what somebody's thinking now. Well, if it collects junk, then it's going to be this big junk pile because it's been thousands and thousands and thousands of years, right? Well, there's nothing to say that they don't disperse junk too. So it can be as full or as empty as you want. Maybe something pops in, and when something pops in, something else has to pop out. 
Who knows? Or the junk is what it is. It's junk, and it's junk uh, at the second level as you're at, or earlier than the prime. So you're going to get the Enterprise, but you will get a rowboat. Right, and and it could be also like if you're talking about like you're inside a building and it seems mm-hmm. like this building never ends, but you can't get out of it. Maybe junk is rooms. Maybe you know every couple. It whatever. collects rooms. It oh, collects. Just, it collects a room. So well, that's just hideous. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's just devious. Um, but yeah, uh, it can be as cluttered as you want it. The, that building is where all the thirteenth floors go to. Right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I guess the point is, is it's as cluttered as you need it to be for your adventure. Yeah. And it has what it needs in it for your adventure. I mean. Uh, you, I mean, you can have it. You open the p- platform, you walk out onto a, onto a, onto another platform, and you see stairs going up in the air. There's nothing else. I mean, you're looking at stars. And you know, it's like, and it's like like the Marvin. You ever see uh, the Bugs Bunny cartoon with Marvin the Martian? Yeah. Yeah, be like that. It's just everything's floating. You gotta go upstairs. You gotta run down. There's no hallways and, and there's no rails. So it's built by the Empire, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and doors shut way too fast. And if you fall, you you come back to the top, and you and hopefully there's something underneath you when you when you do that. Otherwise, you can just keep on falling. All right. So, hey Bruce, do uh, do the Pocky Worlds are they only found on alt platforms? Yes, only on alts. Only on alts. Okay, so never on a prime, never on a system, never on a star. Unless, of course, you get to the uh, to Melbourne Prime Prime platform, in which case, who knows what's there? Because this is big as a moon. And also, if you're a game master, and and this is this coming straight from me, this is not from Rich, uh, but it's your game, so you could always say if you really need, if you absolutely need a pocket world on a prime or on a star or a system, you could always say that it was put there on purpose. Because as we know, the French path was built uh, by an algorithm. You know, it was it was not designed. They set this algorithm in motion and it just kind of built stuff. Um, but there's nothing to stop a Tamerlan from coming by a couple thousand years ago and saying, eh, you know, I really need a pocket platform right here. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, a pocket portal right here. So this door that used to go to some island or underwater or, you know, floating in space somewhere, uh, I'm going to turn that into a pocket portal. Right. But remember, as we said in the last time we talked about this, if you do that, then you might expect that it'll be a little bit unstable. That you might see some problem portals showing up on the other portals or some weirdness going on because you just added some instability to that platform. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, you're not fitting the algorithm. Yeah, and one thing I just a thought across my mind that maybe the, like the junk world uh, pokey wall we have uh, for Earth Prime, it may have started out only just the just the the ring station and a small platform, and it's just been collecting junk. So now it's forty miles across, and it's all junk. You dig down, it's junk. You go to the center of the, center of the low world, it's junk, and it's still growing because more stuff comes in. <laughs> So it looks like the Earth on Wall-E. Yeah. Only, yeah, there's, no, only there's, there's no dirt. This Well, there is dirt. It came in with the junk. Yeah. <laughs> or or the planet in uh, Soldier. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember that vaguely, yes. Do we want to go on? We got another well, he, question. He, he posted a clarification in the forums. 
Now, Mary's question was, can you have two primes connected by an alt? And he shows the picture of what he meant. It shows a map of two nodes, and between the two prime nodes is another alt. Most likely that was <sighs> an experiment. Yeah, I would say so too. A rogue Termellern scientist, or even it could have been a Commonwealth-sponsored project. Mm. Let's see what happens when we do this. Oh, you got your lab grant. Good. Start yeah. going to it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be weird because you would go to the prime platform of A or B, and there would be an extra transit portal. It would be an extra 50-foot portal on that ring, on that platform. Which, of course, any IDET worth their weight and goal would be like, whoa, 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 okay, we <laughs> have to check this out. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is some kind of, like, um, you guys saw Sucker Punch? Uh-huh. Yeah. A Sucker Punch kind of world where, like, there's all this just, like, jammed together and none of it really makes sense. Oh, it could be a world that was affected by the by the, by the war. It may, so it may have actually, like you said, diddled with the big system and screwed the planet up. So It's a short. It's a short in the system. Yeah, yeah. But, um, when the Melor tried to set off the logic bomb, that's what, this is a result of it. Right. And I would say that if you go there, if you're going to use this in a game, I wouldn't keep this world. I would say this is a, this is something that's going to disappear soon. And, you know, maybe you guys know it. Like, like uh, you can see the platform, you know, or the, um, the pathway kind of like um, pulsating in, a, in, in reality. So in other words, you know that if you go there, you have to go there and get out quick because this thing is starting to phase out of existence because the system's trying to reset itself. But to convince people to go there, to make it an adventure, to, to make it something that you'd want to use, uh, you have to have something important there, like somebody they have to get or something or something that they have to get. Like let's say, for example – uh, they get word that there is a Tremelin that is there that is trying to stabilize the thing or something like that. And you have to go there and save him because you get word that whatever it is he's trying to do won't work. Or I don't, you know, whatever reason. Maybe it's yeah. it's saving one of your friends. Or maybe it's, we know there's a rainbow crystal there because they were trying to use a rainbow crystal to stabilize the thing or something like that. Or you hear um, from some pirates that, you know, this is where the pirates found a cache of crystals. They couldn't get them for various reasons. But I would say this is like, this is going to be like a trippy adventure. Like if you go there, you know, the game master has caveat to like anything goes and you need to get in and get what you're going to get and get out. Other than that, I really don't see a point to this. I, I just, yeah. I just don't see a point to doing it. I mean, it's cool. It's it's a neat idea. I'm, I'm not trying to besmirch Paul. I mean, we've got alts, we've got primes, we've got you know, this is all covered. I mean, I, I I just don't see a need for this. And combining the two primes, I just I don't know what it would do. I mean, it, like yeah. my my brain is like you know, I've got cells that are dying right now, trying to figure my out my brain hurts. <laughs> right, trying to figure out what this would do. One last question from Paul. Thank you, Paul. We we'll have to introduce you to Eric so you two can actually have feed off each other and have <laughs> oh, feedback explode. Okay, there's going to be another anyway. pocket portal formed. Anyway, yeah, I'm confused at, on one point in regards to the physics or laws of a of a universe. Uh, so I'm under the impression that uh, all is possible on the paths, and then tailored to the universe on the worlds of a, of the of the portal. 
If I drive my diesel Hummer onto the alt platform for a magical medieval world, the Gary Gygax game verse, even onto the prime platform, uh, uh, the higher tech and non-magic of the diesel will only quit if the diesel Hummer is brought onto the magic world, but will still operate on the platforms regardless. Is that correct? So what he's saying is that, okay, if... If there's a high tech, no no high tech work field going in effect on a, on a world, does that go down the pathways down the node? Yeah, if that's the reality. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So the answer, so, so Paul, your answer is: as soon as you enter that alternate platform, you have 18 hours. No, the protection is only for living creatures. It's not for your stuff. <laughs> yeah, and no more bullets. That was that was Paul. <laughs> Yeah, it's Paul. Paul, that is a fantastic <laughs> question. You're right. Because as you enter that node, and we've said it, I mean, it, there's no way around this. We've said it. Whatever physics affect the worlds on that node affect the node. And you're right. If no technology can work, that Humvee hits that ramp, and it becomes a big, giant metal brick. Actually, it's a big, yeah. giant metal wagon. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Tie yeah. a horse to it, because that's how you're going to move it. Just make sure you have at least... 300 feet worth of cable. Man, that is, <laughs> dude, that is so messed up. I'm driving along. Like, what the heck, man? Come on. Really? <laughs> and your brakes may not work. You come down that ramp, you're not. You're only going to drift so far. Oh, yeah. The thing is, like you said, as soon as that engine, as soon as uh, part of the engine, you start hearing cylinders miss as you go through. And all of a sudden, yeah, no more engine running. Right. You may have to do some work on your engine because... It's going to quit as it goes through, which means you'll have a cylinder firing, half it's firing, the other half is not firing. Yeah, we're talking about a mechanics check there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that, that's a that's a fantastic question, man. That, that slipped right by us. We never thought of that, even yeah, when we talked about this. Yeah, so all your, yeah, so, and, and if it's a Gygax universe, all your bullets are so much flash powder. Yep. Because the only people that can use firearms in Greyhawk are the Paladins of Merland. That's it. They are the only ones who can use any black powder or firearms weapons. Bless you, Trav. You're the only one who would have known that. <laughs> and you're no Paladin. I'm sorry. There are all your high-tech weapons. So many expensive clubs. Yeah, you you get yeah D twenty one D four plus strength modifier for pistol whip. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, you know, or, you know, in Sarah's rolls, pistols are D four, rifles are D six, as a club. Uh, yeah, they are twenty uh, modern too. <laughs> we can push it back through, can we? Yeah. I hope there's air left this starting cylinder. Otherwise, we won't be able to start this car. These actually have two modes of starting. One, you can use the compressed air starter motor to get them going. And if that's not working, there's the crank. Right. And you should have that. Yeah. Because sometimes your cylinders leak. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, I think we've. uh... Yeah. Uh, Folks, if you have questions for us to answer here via the podcast, there is the Yahoo group. There are the Facebook groups, which are fans of the TriTech podcast, Bureau 13 agents everywhere. And fringe-worthy RPG fans, please leave us questions. We are more than happy to answer them for you here on the show. TritacGamers.com, the forums where we got a lot of Paul's questions. Please, by all means, send us stuff so we can further enrich 
your TriTac gaming experience and help you bring the awesome to these games. And you can bring the awesome to our games too. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Paul's doing it right here. Hey, you know what? No, it's bringing the awesome to everybody's game because if you have a question and we answer it, it helps everyone. Right. Ooh, Gary Gygax universe. What does the star platform look like? I don't know. <laughs> That's a trap question. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. I have gray space. I'll get back to you on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. That's it. That's a wrap. Okay, we'll see you next week. All right, then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game. Hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Welcome to the TriTag Games Podcast. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.